This is a Hog Sports Network podcast. You're listening to the Whole Hog Football Podcast, bringing you the latest news, analysis, and more. Here's your host, Matt Jones, with Scotty Bordelon of the Hog Sports Network and wholehogsports.com. Almost time for the Southwest Classic, Arkansas and Texas A&M on Saturday at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. The second to last time, the penultimate Southwest Classic between Arkansas and Texas A&M. They'll continue to play, obviously, after next year, but they're not going to play in Arlington anymore after 2024. The The writing is on the wall for that one. Uh, this neutral site series, it began in 2009. It's moved off campus a few times since then for various reasons, uh, but it's it's coming to an end after next year and for this game it feels like who the teams have available might be the biggest story going in for Arkansas Rocket Sanders might be back in the fold this week we don't know for sure Uh, we know that he looked good at practice earlier this week it's all going to be about how he continues to recover and heal uh, from this knee injury that's kept him out for three consecutive games since the season opener and for texas a&m connor wegman their starting quarterback he's out for the season foot injury suffered against auburn last week in steps max johnson very similar to last year when johnson came in for the injured hayes king and led a&m to a 23 to 21 win over arkansas down in arlington this is gonna be the third year in a row that max johnson's gonna start a game against arkansas kind of Hard to believe he was a starter at LSU in 2021, played really poorly in Arkansas's win at Death Valley that year, got pulled in the second half for Garrett Nussmeyer, the backup quarterback, obviously played against them last year in Arlington, and, and this year he'll be the starter for AM moving forward. Uh, he gave AM a spark at the end of last week's game against uh, Auburn. They win 27-10. to 10. Their offense wasn't looking very good up until Johnson came in. He threw a couple of second-half touchdowns, including one to his brother. I think that was the first time that that's ever happened in the SEC, that a brother threw a, a touchdown pass to another brother. Uh, but uh, that, that's who's going to start for AM on Saturday. And so Arkansas has got a lot of game film on Max Johnson to look over. I'm Matt Jones with Scotty Bordelon and Ethan Westerman. And, Scotty, let's start with you. Your thoughts on seeing Max Johnson again and and – you know, this is a, a quarterback that I guess Arkansas knows a lot about from an individual standpoint, but you're looking at him now. This is three straight years and three different offenses that they're going to play him. They've never seen him in Bobby Petrino's system. Yeah, that's a fact. Um, that's for sure. And Arkansas's coordinators didn't, Arkansas's defensive coordinator didn't face him last year. Um, so that's maybe have a brand new blueprint on, on how you want to go about getting after him. But yeah, the, the similarities for last year and this year again with with Max Johnson are, are pretty crazy. Falling, you know, he's falling in line to to get the bulk of the snaps after the guy that you know beat him out and and fall camp gets injured. It's it's pretty wild. I know uh, Landon Jackson said on Tuesday that he played at LSU with Max Johnson, so he's excited to play him too. It's just kind of wild how how uh, how you know college career paths kind of take shape i didn't i don't imagine landon ever thought that he'd face uh mac john max johnson twice at a different school um you know when they were playing together at lsu but um one thing that landon said and then sam Pittman said it too i think arkansas has got to be really aware of you know max johnson's ability to create plays with his feet and i think you mm-hmm. made a good addition to our keys the other day or today um you know he can sam said they like to roll him out and naked bootlegs and just kind of roll him out of the pocket. Um, 
I think Arkansas has got to be leery of that. And they've got to be leery of, you know, the tuck and run for him. You know, I think you wrote that, you know, he, he ran for what, 60 yards last year when you yeah, take so out, you know, when you take out sack, sack when yardage. Yeah. When adjusted for sack, 60 yards on 10 carries last year. And he yeah, could have had more than that. He, his longest run was an 18 yard run. It was actually a 33 yard run. And Moose Muhammad had a, a block in the back late in that play that, that, made it an 18 yard run. So really he, he ran for even more yards than that. Yeah. I think some of that can offset maybe some, I don't know. I don't know if you want to call them deficiencies throwing the ball. Um, but from what I can tell stats wise, he, he kind of seems uh, like a low risk game manager type guy. Like I wrote, I think he's got seven picks in his career of over 600 pass attempts. So he's mm-hmm. not going to put the ball in jeopardy all that much. Um, but yeah, I think Arkansas's linebackers and maybe even like a Snacks Johnson type, they've got to be at, at that nickel spot. They've got to be aware of of him, you know, pulling the ball down and running. Cause, you know, if he picks up he picks up a first down with his feet, I think that's that's just kind of icing on the cake for AM's offense. Rocket Sanders potentially being back for Arkansas this week. I know you both have, have had eyes on him at, at practice. What have you thought as you've seen him? And, and I guess this has kind of been the game that has been targeted i mean i think they've had hopes that maybe he could come back for byu maybe he could come back for uh lsu last week but i think as you've listened to, to Pittman talk about this over the course of the last couple three weeks it feels like a&m has kind of been the game that they've really been targeting to have him back yeah scotty and i agreed earlier this week after watching one of the practices that it looks like he's pretty much ready to go um I mean, just from what we've seen, if there's anything else holding him back, it's just really not apparent right now. But we even noticed that, you know, going through some of these drills where he was uh, getting hit with pads, it was almost like they were having the, you know, the support staff hitting him with the foam pads to hit him a little harder than everybody else. It's almost like at this point, just kind of trying to get him ready for, you know, that mindset that you're getting back into a game. Um, He's looked good, though. Um I thought he looked pretty shifty earlier this week and some of the drills that they were doing. So, um, like, honestly, Scotty, correct me if you think differently, but I mean, if I didn't know he wasn't injured, um, prior to watching some of these practices, I would have never guessed that he wasn't at, you know, full speed. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. There was a, there was one drill that he was going through. They took a handoff and kind of went vertical, horizontal, vertical again, kind of around some, uh, some pads that were on the ground and then they have to go through like this light steel frame uh, the bar I think the top bar is probably four feet off the ground so it's kind of simulating I think what Jimmy Smith wants them to do is kind of simulate running through the line of scrimmage kind of where all the massive bodies are kind of keep a low center of gravity um, and then once you run through that bar they had a support staffer I think it was on Tuesday they were he was throwing like this handheld blocking pad at the guys as they were coming through that steel frame and rocket hit a spin move um in one of his reps and jimmy smith loved it i mean it, it kind of looked like rocket being rocket again i mean we haven't obviously seen that at all the last you know three weeks or so um he did look back to himself and i, I would agree with ethan like if 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 a non-affiliated Arkansas person like if a person that wasn't affiliated with Arkansas was to go watch that practice I don't think they would have would have known that that he'd been banged up for a bit the Petrino angle in this thing I think is kind of interesting because uh, he's such a great play caller and he showed that last year when Missouri State came to Fayetteville they had such a a great plan 
uh, to attack Arkansas during that game. Correct me, did they have a left-handed quarterback from Missouri State last year? Am I remembering that right? Oh, man, I, I cannot remember. I know it was a Shelley. Yeah, yeah I remember it, was it being Shelley. Jason was, Shelley. I can't remember if he was left-handed or not. But, anyway, you know, Johnson's left-handed, and it, I think it – I may be totally off base here. I think it can be a little bit uh, – I think it can be a little bit weird for defensive players to play a left-handed quarterback. I think there might be a little bit of a of a, an acclimation process to, you know, just seeing that because you're it's, it's just so unnatural, I feel like, from a quarterback position to see – quarterbacks you know you're ba- they're basically rolling the way that you think they're that you're not accustomed to seeing it i don't know if that's an acclimation process or not that's a, a total aside thought but going back to Petrino, you know he, he's so skilled at getting those receivers on the crossing patterns and i feel like that's going to be uh, such a, a big deal for the razorbacks this week i feel like it's a big a big week for your cornerbacks your nickelbacks your linebackers that are dropping back into pass coverage i feel like a and is going to put a lot of pressure on arkansas especially, you know, right there over the middle of the field between the hash marks to defend that pass because uh, I, I don't know that they are going to see a, a team that that challenges them then be maybe in the way that a, A&M will do. Yeah, and A&M, um, like you said, it's kind of unconventional watching Max Johnson throw the ball um, just because especially rolling out of the pocket and throwing left-handed, that he threw a dart last week to Evan Stewart. Like, I want to say it was like his fourth or fifth pass of the game, maybe even his third. Um, it just, it, I mean, I think it throws off of you, or I don't know if it throws off the defense, but um, but he hit Stewart on that strike. And Stewart, he was, you know, one of the highest rated recruits last year, um, five-star in that big class that was all heralded for AM. He's looked really good earlier this, uh, like through all of his games this year. He had back-to-back 100-yard games um, to start the year. Uh, and their wins against New Mexico and Miami. And then, um, you know, last week, that that touchdown pass between uh, Johnson and Stewart, I think just, you know, anytime your starting quarterback goes out, you're you're kind of holding your breath. Like, can we keep this up? Can we uh, continue what, what we were doing with the starter? And I think that just kind of probably gave a big sigh of relief throughout the whole stadium, seeing Max Johnson come in and make a play like that. But he's got, I mean, he's got some weapons. Like you said, he's got uh, Evan Stewart, Anaya Smith, who I told Scotty earlier this week, I feel like he's been playing for Texas A&M since I was in the third grade. Um, yeah, that's a fact. He's <laughs> He's been a part of the Southwest Classic since it started. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's dynamic. I think he's uh, he's got 31 consecutive games that he's had a catch in, which that just shows a level of consistency. Um, and he's had so many different quarterbacks as well. I mean, Texas A&M just seems to have a perpetual problem of can't keep a quarterback healthy unless it's Kellen Mond. He stayed pretty healthy because, um, you know, Max Johnson, he's had injury problems in the past. Haynes King has had injury problems. Even going back to Nick Starkle, I think he got injured there. Um, but Anaya Smith is kind of that steady guy who's been there for all these different quarterbacks, um, and he's really dynamic in the return game too. But, yeah, they definitely have weapons. Um, you know, they have a, another receiver, uh, Jade Walker. He's third on the team, 148 receiving yards. And uh, Noah Thomas has four touchdown catches for him. So it's, they have a lot of different weapons, a lot of different um, guys that the Razorbacks definitely got to cover up. Yeah, I think Anaya Smith um, got a pass from uh, Ryan Tannehill. And, uh, and our, I'm, I'm kidding. He, he did. By the way, Jason Shelley, <laughs> he, he was right-handed, not left-handed. Uh, you know, Smith, is, he just feels like he's been kind of a, a Razorback killer in this game. 
I mean, I'm looking through his game by game against Arkansas 2019 when he was a true freshman, five catches, 80 yards, a touchdown. He had a big game in 2020 against Arkansas. I think it was six catches for 67 yards. I had a big catch two years ago, but Arkansas kind of limited him uh, in that game. And then last year he gets injured in the game against Arkansas and he's out for the year. I think he might have torn his ACL in that game against the Razorbacks last year. And so, I don't know, it, it just feels like, you know, it's like there's certain players who get up for certain games. For whatever reason, it feels like Anaya Smith gets up for this Arkansas game. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It, it's crazy that he's still in school to me. Like he's, yeah, he's just he's been productive his his pretty much his entire career. I think him and uh, Evan Stewart, those are two guys. Obviously, if you look at AM's numbers, like they're averaging you know over eleven catches a game. I think over one hundred and seventy yards a game. Um, one of them's got three touchdowns. I don't think the other one has one yet um but that doesn't make the guy with no touchdowns that doesn't make him any less dangerous um would imagine bobby petrino is probably going to dial up some opportunities for uh, what what his his thing is feed the studs right so those two guys are are his guys um that you want to get the ball to most often um but i would i would imagine that petrino has watched enough film on arkansas to to be able to like pinpoint weaknesses or, or holes that that arkansas has got I think it's covering in the flats. I think that's a no-brainer. Um, I think we saw a little bit of that with Missouri State last year. Matt, you mentioned like those drag routes and the crossing patterns and stuff like that. Um, he made me love that on the NCAA football video games. Like that's my favorite route. That's my favorite routes to run. Um, yeah. But he's all yeah, he's always really good at those. And I, I would not be surprised given, you know, kind of I went back and looked through some of Max Johnson's PFF numbers. Um, it was either last year when Arkansas faced him or against Auburn, uh, but he likes that short kind of intermediate throw over the middle. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Arkansas tries to take advantage over the middle of the field and then, you know, try to keep Arkansas a little bit on their toes with with throws into the flat, make their linebackers run to the sideline and try to make plays in space. I think that's that's what Bobby's all about, is just trying to make um, make defenders miss in space like my guy. I think my guy can beat your guy, so mm -hmm. let, let's let's see if we can do it. Um, and I would—I'm not going to be surprised at all if he takes some shots with, uh, with with Anaya Smith and, and Evan Stewart too. Okay. Even though Max Johnson, he doesn't really take that many shots downfield, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, you might see him loosen up a little bit in this one. Some of the players who I knew who played for him at Arkansas were always so in awe. I think almost of the level of preparation that he had. I mean. They would talk about he had these plays that they that they would call scoring plays. Or I, I think this is how it's told to me. This, this has been so long ago. But basically, it was like, you know, we're going to score on this play. And so many times it actually worked, you know. And, you know, it's like they knew that this guy was going to do this and you're going to do this to counter it. And you're going to go score a touchdown because of it. Uh, from, a, from a preparation standpoint, I don't think it gets a lot better than Petrino, at least not at the college game. Arkansas's defense has got to play better this week. I, I mean, you look back at the LSU game, and, and the more you think about that game, I think the more uh, just the, the less you really think about Arkansas's defensive performance. LSU scored on its final six drives. Arkansas didn't make a stop in the LSU game after about the 13-minute mark of the second quarter. That was when McLaughlin intercepted Jaden Daniels. Jefferson throws a interception right back to LSU. They go down, kick a field goal. And then from that point, it's touchdown, 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 
game-ending field goal to win 34 to 31. I don't know if that's a byproduct of playing what's going to be one of the best offenses they play all year in LSU. I don't think there's any doubt about that, that LSU is one of the more prolific offenses in the SEC, or if it's a, or if it's a deal where, okay, now you've, you've looked good against these teams that you ought to look good against, but now you're going to have a problem as you go into SEC play. I, I don't know what to think about this Arkansas defense. I honestly don't either. And I think this is going to, this week will tell us a little bit about Arkansas's pass rush. Can they make Max Johnson uncomfortable? Can Arkansas find that matchup like a couple of years ago when they won down there? Troy Williams just ate up an inexperienced tackle. Can you find that it can you find that matchup that maybe you can, you know, take advantage of and, and create some havoc that way? Um, maybe you get maybe you get your linebackers involved in in some blitzes and um, you know. Pooh Paul doesn't have a problem trying to fly into the backfield and, and get after a quarterback. I don't think Jaheim Thomas would either. Uh, maybe you get uh, Snacks Johnson, you know, coming off the edge from his nickel spot. I don't know. I, th- I just think you've got to throw things at Max Johnson that make him uncomfortable. You can't just let him sit back there and, you know, just kind of survey the field and, and make him feel like he can do whatever he wants. But I think Arkansas's secondary, I think, is is maybe what has me the most pessimistic about this game mm-hmm. um you know last week i think I, I may have said this on the tuesday podcast but jaheim singletary got picked on a lot at lsu um he gave up five catches on six targets for 140 yards and three scores that's just i don't i don't know that you can play that um maybe you can this week because i don't think that max johnson is half the quarterback that Jaden daniels is um, so maybe you're less worried about deep balls, but still you got to cover somebody. You got to keep them in front. Um, I think one of my, my keys this week is is Jalen Braxton. Um, he's the highest recruit. He's the highest rated guy in Arkansas's last recruiting class. Played 25 snaps last week. He had Arkansas's best coverage grade um, at LSU. I think he was targeted one time and he had the pass breakup um, against Malik Neighbors at the goal line on deep ball. So that was I think that was kind of encouraging uh, for Arkansas staff and. Um, Sam said on Wednesday that he thinks Braxton's going to be a guy that plays a lot this week and he's so talented, you know, and athletic and fast. I, I don't think you can, I don't think you can keep him off the field, honestly. So I think he'll get, I think he'll get his shot to maybe, I don't know if solidify a starting spot is the best way to say it, but, you know, make the staff think week after week after week that, that he may be the guy to roll out there first. Yeah. Going back to Dallas from Frisco, uh, like you said, big time high rated recruit. Ethan, Texas A&M's defensive front. I think it's one of the more, I don't know if underrated is the right word, but it doesn't maybe get the publicity of some other defensive fronts in the SEC. I think this is a really good group, and I think this is going to give Arkansas a big challenge this week up front. You know, We thought Bo Limmer played a lot better last week against LSU. Um, Brady Latham, not as good in the run game as he was in the pass game. He was Arkansas's highest rated uh, pass pass pro last week. Uh, McKinley Johnson is a big defensive tackle who I think could give Arkansas some problems, 325 pounds there in the middle. And I think that, you know, he's one of those that is going to command a double team and it's going to put a lot of stress on Arkansas's tackles and how they win one-on-one battles against A&M's Ed rushers. Yeah. And Jackson's kind of due honestly for a big game. He kind of, kind of had a quiet first three weeks and then started to get in a rhythm against Auburn. Um, he didn't have a, 
any tackles for loss before that Auburn game and had a four yard sack and almost doubled his tackles on the year. Everybody had a tackle for loss against Auburn, right? 15 for the Aggies. Something like that. They were, I mean, I'm not out to say that Auburn's offense is anywhere close to, you know, a well-oiled machine, but I mean, they really, Texas A&M kind of just owned them um, last weekend um, McKinley Jackson's good. They have another guy, Shamar Turner, who he leads them in sacks right now. Um, they have a lot of guys who have tackles for loss. That's, I think, what's so impressive about them is it's not like they have a couple guys that are really just stacking up the TFLs. It's like they have production all around. Um, you know, the thing for AM is really just the defensive performance against Miami was really disheartening. Of course. I mean, if you allow a team to score 48 points and give up five touchdowns, you don't know how to feel about the defense at that point. But aside from that game, it's like, they've looked really good defensively. Um, I think the, yeah, they're second in the sec right now in total defense. They allow two, uh, 73 yards a game. Um, they've aside from that Miami game, I mean, New Mexico scored 10 points, Louisiana Monroe scored three and Auburn scored 10. So they've, I mean, the defense has done its job in every other game. I think, you know, I think Arkansas really presents the biggest challenge since Miami, though. Um, you know, they're facing an offense that just got done kind of getting in a rhythm down at LSU. And here's something I think that honestly we need to watch for, too, though, is, um, you know, I've started getting into these PFF grades a little bit, too. They're really interesting to look at. Texas A&M is last in the SEC and one of the worst in the country. They're tackling grade. It's 497 and I'm just like, if you if you can't tackle well, I mean, good luck with KJ Jefferson. Um, yeah. it, I think that could be really important this weekend. If if they're able to apply a lot of pressure, um, if they're able to own Arkansas up front and actually bring down KJ, it could be a long day for the Razorbacks. But if if Arkansas's offensive line is holding up and KJ's, you know, making plays being hard to take down, I think Arkansas could have a lot of success against Texas A&M's defense. When you said that, the first thing I thought of was A.J. Green's touchdown against them two years ago down in Arlington where he broke, what was it, like four or five tackles. And the last one was about the worst tackle attempt I've ever seen. He's running away from the defensive back, and the defensive back, instead of trying to tackle him, just shoves him. And he pushes a fast guy closer to the end zone. It looked like he got one of those in Mario Kart, the little mushrooms that give you a little speed burst. That's (laughs) what the tackle did for him. It just propelled him into the end zone. Yeah, I wonder, you know, about some of these some of these speedsters that Arkansas can put out there, whether it be an AJ Green or a Satania, if if he, uh, well, I mean, ta- you got to tackle on special teams too. It it makes you wonder how they're going to handle some of those more speedy players uh, that Arkansas has on the field. I just feel like if if Arkansas can get Rocket Sanders back this week and he's himself, um, obviously there's going to be some rust there because he hadn't played for three weeks. But I'm just talking about physically. If he's if he's a hundred percent, if they get him back. I just feel like that creates a, such a, a new element to this Arkansas offense that we probably haven't seen this year because we know how much they held back in the opener against Western Carolina, and then we haven't seen Sanders since then. It's almost like a two-man basketball game, though, with KJ and Rocket. I mean, those two work off each other so well. Uh, you know, I, I feel like the, the RPO game with the two of them, uh, they're so in sync. I feel like Rocket gets yards because of how well KJ sees uh the, the defense in the RPO game. I feel like KJ's uh, passing game can benefit from the threat of having rocket in the backfield. This, you know, we talk about, you know, what does Arkansas look like through four games and analyzing the, the offense. I saw something about that this morning. 
uh, I don't know that you can really analyze Arkansas's offense until you got a, a healthy KJ with a healthy rocket. And this might be the first time we see it this weekend, assuming that he gets to play. Yeah. And I think that, um, I mean, we've mentioned this a lot this year, but just those early downs are really going to be critical for Arkansas, you know, having rocket back, assuming he's full go, like if he can get two or three, I mean, four yards on the first play, um, I think that's just going to be really important. This game is to just kind of, I, I, that year that Arkansas beat a and it felt like they kind of owned the line of scrimmage and were getting those four or five yard runs consistently. I think that's really important. A&M is actually second in the country in um, third down defense. They're allowing teams to convert 20% of their third downs. Um, and, you know, Arkansas is as bad as, you know, the third down conversions looked against BYU. Scotty wrote a really good piece on how good they were on third down against LSU. And, you know, they actually rank, I think like 30, I think 33rd in the nation right now and third down conversion percentage, which I just, I think just that BYU performance completely might have distorted the overall third down effort this year. Kind of, I thought they'd be a lot lower than that, but I think staying ahead of the chains and not getting the third down, clearly A&M's shown that they can get off the field um, if it gets to that. Other big keys this week, turnovers, penalties, obviously Arkansas lost a turnover battle. Uh, the last two weeks against BYU and LSU penalties. We know how bad Arkansas has been there. I think 25 for 194 yards over the last two weeks. And, you know, then there's just the intangibles. Uh, we talked the other day about noise and how that affected Arkansas against LSU, not getting the play calls in on time, uh, you know, having to, to burn timeouts, taking delay of game once they were out of timeouts. I think all of the pre-snap movement, uh, with your offensive linemen down in their stances for so long. I think that affected them. And, you know, Scotty and I made this point the other day that even though it's a neutral site game, the Aggies, they make a lot of noise in Arlington for it being a neutral site game. And so that's something to watch, Scotty. Yeah, they're kind of like your kids. They just constantly make noise. It's just a little <laughs> bit a little bit of a deeper voice um, from all those dudes in there. Uh, I think another thing is not jumping from the four yard line. I think that that's big. You just get like ball security is just a huge thing, right? Like last year it's, it's snapping the ball off your butt and kind of knocking yourself out of, you know, like comfortable field goal range. And when you're down in, by the goal line, it's, you know, trying to make a play, um, on first down, you know, and jumping from well outside your range to to make it to the goal line. Like you just, I think you've, you got to let that play play out and then understand that you've got second and third down, potentially fourth down too. Um, yeah. Red zone, red zone is going to be a big deal uh, this year. I went back and looked, if you go back to the 2021 game that Arkansas won. And then last year, Arkansas has got one touchdown in in five red zone, red zone trips uh, in their last two games against A&M. So that, you know, getting, you know, ha having to settle for a field goal or not getting any points at all out of, you know, these red zone trips, that can obviously make a difference in a game that, you know, typically comes down to to a play or two. And Arkansas hasn't been very good in the red zone the last two weeks, settling for field goals a lot. They've scored just four touchdowns in nine red zone trips against BYU and LSU. The Whole Hog Football Podcast is sponsored by Kendall King, Design, Display, Signage, KendallKing.com. That's K-E-N-D-A-L-K-I-N-G.com. The Kendall King Group family of companies plays to win, just like our hogs. We know how demanding retail marketing is today. From digital omni-channel creative services 
through in-store signing and displays, and finally, to social influence. We've got you covered. Our KKG Inc. family of companies, Kindle King, Shopcart Creative, and Soapbox Influence are winning with multiple retailers and brands. We play to win and we'll be a winning partner for all your retail marketing service needs. Go Hogs! First time this year that we'll have all SEC versus SEC games, seven games where SEC teams are playing other SEC teams this weekend. It starts Florida at Kentucky on ESPN. It's 11 a.m. kickoff, Scotty. Yeah, I think I'm just going to take Kentucky because they're they're home. I know that Kentucky's had not great luck whatsoever in that series, but mm-hmm. um, I'm just I'm still I'm I'm not sold on on Florida um, just yet. And um, yeah, I just kind of like Kentucky at home. That's kind of a weirdly tough place to play. Yeah, I owe Kentucky one after for zero reason at all picking Vandy last week. Like I don't know why I did that, but. Um... I'm sold on Florida's defense, still not really their offense. I think Kentucky's got a pretty nice defense. They always do, it seems like. Um, So I'll take Kentucky at home as well. I think Kentucky. I I think Kentucky beats Florida on Saturday night. You know, Kentucky, they're good defensively. I I like them because they're good defensively. 2.30 game on CBS. Georgia goes to Auburn. This is usually a a late season game. Uh, It's early in the year this year, and and Auburn, they have to play a, a, a pretty feisty bunch after losing last week. I like Georgia. I would like Georgia if Auburn had its quarterback situation figured out too. Like last week, I think they played three guys against A and M. I would imagine that Georgia is kind of is probably going to be kind of a slow, slow burn blowout. I would imagine. I think Georgia's had some trouble getting off to to quick starts, but um, I think second half Georgia it'll be Georgia and a runaway. Yeah, I don't think Auburn has its offense figured out at all um, where it needs to be going and playing Georgia. Um, I like Georgia to kind of like Scotty said, just kind of have a big win by the end, but kind of a slow burn to get there. Georgia's the new Alabama. I, I, I've always said, don't pick against Alabama. Don't pick against Georgia. Maybe if Georgia plays Alabama, you got to pick between one of them, but otherwise Georgia, it, it's an easy pick here. Missouri goes to Vanderbilt. It's a three o'clock kickoff on SEC network. Maybe a trap game for the Tigers. Everybody's saying the you know, they're undefeated. They're being talked about as a potential, I don't know, dark horse candidate for something i feel like they're overrated yeah i'm kind of with you too i'm not sure about the whole 23rd in the country thing but i think that i think they're talented enough to go win at vanderbilt but vanderbilt will give them a game um like i've i think i've said this on previous podcasts vandy's got a couple receivers that that can that can, they can go ball uh, but I, I like missouri in that game though i'm done picking vandy for anything so i'm picking missouri <laughs> out of spite I'm picking Missouri by a couple touchdowns. I'd like to pick Vanderbilt in the upset here, but their defense just gives me so much concern. And I, I think Brady Cook's pretty good uh, quarterback for Missouri. So I think Missouri will go to Nashville and win that game. And, and their fairy tale will uh, continue on for another week. LSU goes to Ole Miss. It's the only top 25 versus top 25 matchup in the SEC this weekend. It'll be a five o'clock kickoff on ESPN. LSU's got a good offense. Ole Miss, I don't think plays defense that much so i'm going with with Jaden daniels um that what i saw last week from Jaden daniels and malik neighbors and brian thomas and just all the weapons that they have man they're they're so talented um i'm not sure that old miss kind of like arkansas will be able to find enough stops to win even at home 
Yeah, I think you'll see the second half of Arkansas LSU for almost the whole game for LSU against Ole Miss. I just think they'll have big play after big play. I do think that the Ole Miss was held to 10 points against Alabama because they're playing Alabama, who's got a great defense. So I think they'll have a little more success on offense. So I like a lot of points, but I also like LSU to win by a couple scores. I like LSU to win because I think LSU is going to get back into the national conversation by the end of the year. They lost to a really good Florida State team at the, the early at the start of the season. I think that you know they've got a lot of focus right now because of that loss. I think they go into Oxford and win Saturday night. 6.30 kickoff on SEC Network. South Carolina goes to Tennessee. Uh, this is the revenge game for the Vols after they lost to the Gamecocks and that ended their championship aspirations a year ago. Yeah, honest, I'm going to be real honest. I have no idea about this game, but I'll give um, I'm anti Shane Beamer at the moment, even though Spencer Rattler's really good, man. I think I think I've been kind of sleeping on him a little bit, but Dow Loggins is doing some good work with him. He's he's I think he's playing pretty well. I'm just not sure it'll be good enough to to beat Tennessee on the road. That'll, that'll probably be a, a really tough crowd to play in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a believer in Spencer Rattler and the Xavier Leggett uh, connection. They look real dialed in almost every game, but I don't think that they're going to go into Tennessee and shock them for a second straight year. Um, I, I just, I just can't see it happening. That's why I'm picking the uh, Tennessee in this one. I think South Carolina is walking into a buzzsaw at Neyland Saturday night. I think Tennessee wins big, and I think that they've had this game circled on their calendar ever since they lost over there last November. Uh, so I'll, I'll go with the Vols. Not a believer, Scotty. Negative. 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 <laughs> Eight o'clock kickoff Saturday night. Alabama goes to Mississippi State. It's on ESPN. I think this might be the week that Alabama puts a hurt on somebody, um, and I just kind of hate it for Mississippi State that I think they're they're that they're going to be that team that gets beat down. Yeah, I think it's two straight weeks of Alabama beating up on a Mississippi team. I think this one gets pretty ugly. Yeah, I think Alabama beats Mississippi State. I've said this a time or two on our podcast. I'm not a believer in uh, Zach Arnett at Mississippi State. I just don't think that's going to go well there. Um, I I think it's going to be a short-lived tenure for him at Mississippi State. And I think Alabama goes in there and and, and probably lays it on him pretty good. That's always a game where Alabama brings a lot of people. It's like 90 miles from Tuscaloosa to Starkville. And you got a lot of Alabama fans, you know, in in the middle. And they really go over to Starkville and, and have a good showing. Uh, I, I just think Alabama wins that one kind of like LSU. I think that, you know, that early season loss got Alabama focused. They had the the tough game against South Florida. I think they're, I think they're on track right now to do well for a few weeks. And then finally, A&M against Arkansas, 11 o'clock kickoff. It's going to be on SEC network for the first time, at least in Arlington. Uh, the Razorbacks are a slight underdog in this game. Scotty, how do you think it goes? I sent Chip my prediction late last night, and I've got Arkansas outright. I think KJ kind of maybe exercises some demons, so to speak, from last year's game, and I think he's starting to get more and more confidence in, in the in the skill guys around him. Uh, I think Arkansas's offense has a nice day. Yeah, it's a weird three-week stretch for Arkansas playing, you know, LSU, A&M, and Ole Miss, all three series that have had some just wild games in recent history that can go either way i think arkansas gets it done this year though i just think with the uncertainty of having a backup quarterback coming in i think arkansas started to figure out some things offensively against lsu i just think this is the type of game they win 
wow, all three of us going with Arkansas. I, I've got Arkansas, and, and you know, people may look at us, oh, you're you're being homers. I don't think that's the case. I think we've all been pretty critical of the Razorbacks' play here over the past couple of weeks. I think it's KJ Jefferson is the difference in this game. Number one, I think he's had to live with that loss to Texas A&M last year uh, for an entire year. I think it's something where he goes out and he's motivated to play well against A&M. I think he showed last week why everyone thinks so highly of him as a quarterback to be able to go into Death Valley and, and throw punches with Jaden Daniels in the third and the fourth quarter and really give Arkansas a chance to win. It's not that KJ Jefferson didn't do enough to lead Arkansas to a win last week. It's that Arkansas's defense couldn't get him the ball back in order to give the Razorbacks a lead in the second half. LSU gets the ball with 5.06 left and, and basically gives Arkansas no time to, to have anything to, to, to score at the end of the game. Just a Hail Mary attempt right there at the very end from probably a little bit farther than, than KJ's arm will reach the end zone. I think he has a big game against Texas A&M on Saturday. I think the potential return of Rocket Sanders is really a, a, a boon for Arkansas because I think KJ and Rocket play really well off of one another. So I got Arkansas winning this game. I'm still a little leery of Arkansas's defense. I could see A&M hitting some big plays against Arkansas's defense. But I just think that in this series, number one, Arkansas is due for some wins. They've lost A&M so many times over the last several years. And I, I think that, you know, they showed it against LSU last week uh, that there's some fight left in this team. So I got Arkansas to beat A&M, maybe totally wrong, uh, but that's going to be my pick and I'm going to stick to it. Again, Arkansas and A&M on Saturday morning is an 11 o'clock kickoff on SEC Network. Hope you'll come to our site this weekend, wholehogsports.com. To read all of our coverage, we're going to have several reporters there in Arlington covering the game. And uh, we'll have plenty at wholehogsports.com afterward. We'll be back with another Whole Hog football podcast early next week to look back at Arkansas, Texas A&M, and start to take a little bit of a look ahead to the Arkansas Ole Miss game the week after. For Scotty Bordelon and Ethan Westerman, I'm Matt Jones. We appreciate you joining us, and we'll see you next time on the Whole Hog football podcast. The proceeding has been a production of the Hog Sports Network. Look for our daily podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. For more Razorbacks coverage, go to wholehogsports.com or follow the Hog Sports Network reporters on social media.